Hello, I am Trevor Campbell, and this is You Made Me Queer, the show where queer folks take an invitation to your murder mystery party way too seriously and show up dressed as a 90-year-old dowager duchess with an unplaceable accent and a limp. Don't blame us, it's your brief. It's your brief. You ask, you receive. That's right, every episode, I invite a fantastic 2S LGBTQIA plus guest to point the finger of blame at who and or what made them queer. Last week was my 50th episode. I really milked it dry. This is the 51st. We are on the other side of the hill that Kate Bush commanded us to run up. And now uh, we're just slowly sliding towards what I can only assume is death. What else could be down there? A ball pit? Maybe it's a ball pit. I'm not going to talk for a long time. I've already really talked for a lot. But uh, this is a live episode. A live episode. I have a baked-in intro when I was there in situ in person. This is from this past summer at Canada Fan Expo where I was invited to do a few things. You may have heard me talk about it on the podcast. I got to host and moderate some amazing panels, like uh, the panel with the cast of The Boys, um, Amazon Prime's The Boys, and of course, host my own live show of You Made Me Queer. And I made a fantastic queer person lug their real human body to the Metro Toronto Convention Center which, if you've never had the privilege of descending into that uh, enormous dugout, to get down to the bottom takes like 20 minutes. It is huge. One day when the meteor hits, it's where we will all live, and it's fine. It's weird. It's weird. But that is my guest who was there. Also in attendance was, and I think I told the story too, but, you know, what is time? A gentleman wearing a sort of a fast food costume that said, Los Pollos Hermanos on the apron. And I said, sorry, excuse me, are you Gus Fring? And he said, like, actually Gus Fring? And I said, no, <laughs> the character, the character. Can you imagine? Anyway, that's that's the, the group thing happening at Fan Expo. So that's what my guest was walking into. And she was still such a sport. Oh, my God. In front of a step and repeat. Uh, you know, there was a black light. Maybe I'll put a photo up on the socials. She was great. She was a great time. What a what a total dream. We'll probably put this one up on YouTube at some point too, because I do have a multi-cam video of it. Uh, but let's go there. Sort of really put yourself there. It's a live show. What? There's no popcorn. What did we have there? Someone just opened a Nature Valley Honey and Oat Granola Bar. Uh, I've recently been chewing bubble mint gum, and my guest is wearing a chain link necklace and sort of like a TLC pleather hat, which is a compliment, by the way. She looked incredible in it. And I um I look like I look like a chicken sandwich under a heat lamp uh, in photos. But at the time, I felt beautiful. And that's gonna come across in the audio. So that's honestly quite enough. Let's cut to the live episode. This is from August 2022 at Canada Fan Expo. Enjoy. Yeah. 
Hello. Yes, make some noise. We need some big energy to fill this big space. Hi, I'm Trevor Campbell, and this is You Made Me Queer, the show where queer folks throw on their best Count Chocula cosplay to reveal that we actually don't care about equality. We just want marshmallows for breakfast. Every episode of this show, I invite on a fantastic 2S LGBTQIA plus guest to point their finger of blame at who and or what made them queer. You might be thinking, wait, wait, but aren't people just born that way? Isn't that what sort of what all the activism was about? And you're wrong. We know that now. We know that, you know, in our educated era with the internet, with Wikipedia, we can trace things back to the source that something was making people queer. That was certainly my experience. And I have a lot of anger about it. I'm retribution-based. Uh, and that's basically how I find my guests. I seek out people who've got a bone to pick, and, uh, and I put them in front of a microphone. That's what we do. So normally, this is a podcast. I am here through the beautiful people at the Sonar Network. Can I get a round of applause? We are sponsored this weekend by Lipsin. Check out Lipsin. What's Lipsin? I'm not going to do all the work for you. You can find out what Lipsin is, but Lipsin is a fantastic podcast broadcast service. So if you have a podcast idea of your own, and I'm sure you do, I'm looking at the two of you, I know you've got a podcast brewing in your brains. Uh, check out Lipsin, promo code Lipsin. That's not actually the promo code. Uh, you can check it out. We're also here, if you were just listening later and not in the room at beautiful Canada Fan Expo. Ooh, in the Toronto Metro Convention Center, uh, like a nine-level arena slash dungeon, if we're being honest. We're so far underground right now, any weather system could be happening and we would have no idea. Snowstorms, meteors, floods, who knows what you'll find on your way out. Uh, if this is your last day, I hope you enjoy it. Have a hot dog. Uh, buy some nice merch. That's a bit bleak to start, huh? I thought you meant if this is your last day on Earth. Like That's what I mean. Yeah, okay. But maybe that's the wrong <laughs> tone to start with. If this is your last day. If there is indeed a, an apocalypse happening outside of this dungeon. Then I say go big. Mm. Buy that $700 action figure you've been dreaming of. If not now, when, is my point. Mm. Uh, but I digress, and my guest has already spoken because I'm taking too long. My guest should already be speaking, so let me introduce my fantastic guest, who you can see on the screen. You already know their name. She is a Canadian actress, writer, producer, and singer. Is that not correct? That's what Wikipedia says. <laughs> I mean, alleged, alleged singer. Okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe it'll come up in this conversation. Maybe there's a song brewing inside of you. Anyway, I digress. Many things brewing inside there's, of me. There's a lot brewing. <laughs> uh, who rose to international fame? We're still talking about Natasha. We just there was an ellipsis in there. Rose to international fame for portraying Carmilla Karnstein in the web series Carmilla, and it was so successful in the 2017 feature film based on the series The Carmilla Movie. She's also a Canadian Screen Award winner. No big deal. Who isn't in this room? 
as I look around. I can see her sticking out of your bag right there, your Canadian Screen Award. But that's who she is. Please put your hands together and welcome to You Made Me Queer, Natasha Negovales. I like that. I like the I like the um, the very like Euro spin you put on <laughs> When I approach you know? a word when I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it, like Karnstein, I'm like go go big. I love it. Yeah. Thanks. I had been saying Carmilla Karnstein the entire series, as did everyone, and I think we were saying her name wrong the entire time. Which, as someone with a very long ethnic last name is like my worst nightmare. So, um, yeah. At first I thought you were dragging me from mispronouncing it wrong, but now I see that you're saying that I was correct, that every you need to reshoot the show because everyone said the last name wrong. Everyone did, yeah. We, uh, should, we should reshoot, for sure. 100%. That's, I mean, that's fine. The sequel of the movie, I'm sure everyone's been writing furiously. We've all been stuck in our hovels for two years. Uh, covid what? No, there's no sequel. <laughs> there's no sequel. I gotta shut that down. It's done. I don't know. I wish there was. I'd love to be employed. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. no, sadly, it did. Yeah, the movie did end on quite a cliffhanger five years ago, and uh, I don't know what happened. It's who knows what's coming up next, but also I'm sure you want to, you know, you're known and beloved for playing this vampire. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as Wikipedia told us, you have so many other things you do. So you probably want to break out of that typecast. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I had a day on set last weekend in a film where I played a very gothic uh, tarot reader Ooh. who looked like Nancy from The Craft. Um, like a little black velvet choker necklace. We had like multiple chain layers, not unlike what I'm wearing now. And mm -hmm. I've realized this is an audio format, but we're at a live show. It's folks fine. can see. Um, yeah, tons of black lipstick. And when the makeup artist was like, oh, have you done, uh, like, have you had goth makeup done uh, on you before? I was like, <laughs> have <me>. I? <laughs> <laughs> Only black on this face. Uh, smoky eyes, smoky everything, just like in this photo. Was this taken related to, was this, this pre-date Carmilla? No, I mean, you know, it's 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 my actor headshot. I guess I'm typecast for a reason, you know. Did you no play one, a vampire very well? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no one was surprised. Let's just say that when I was cast as a, a lesbian vampire. Well, I think this is actually the perfect segue because we think about, you know, the roles people imagine for us, the roles we're thrust into, the ways life typecasts us, mm. if you will, and I think that's a perfect parallel for queerness, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because as much as maybe when we're growing up, we want to become anything and break out of our box, uh, we sit too close to the TV, we maybe drink a little bit too much Kool-Aid that's not diluted properly and get too many flavor crystals. Mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. we know all those things were making us queer. Yes, yeah. So, you know, we were typecast from that. But that's why I've invited you here. I've let you choose one of many microphones at this table, uh, and myself as well, to point the finger of blame once and for all, once and for all, Natasha, who and or what made you queer? Ugh, there are so many things. I mean, being a child of the 90s, I have to say, Sailor Moon. Oh, yes. 100%. Any, I can't believe there was not like a roar of applause for Sailor Moon. Has, does anyone know what Sailor Moon is? 
Great. Yes, 100%. I've seen at Fan Expo many Sailor Moons myself today. Yeah. Okay. So not Sailor Moon herself. She was she was not really my style, but I loved Sailor Jupiter. Um, and in reality, I think it's because like as a kid, it was like, oh, I want to be like Sailor Jupiter, you know. But in reality, I think I had a little cartoon crush on Sailor Jupiter because we all know, let's face it, I'm a Mars. I'm Sailor Mars. <laughs> yeah. I and not just because the black hair. No, no. I, I'm an Aries. I was a singer. Um, Wikipedia says so. I hate most men. Um, <laughs> like, and I have uh, rage issues, just like Sailor Mars. <laughs> it's, I think she was known for other qualities beyond that too. But, but yes, I remember Ju- Jupiter's green, right? Yes. Okay. She get cute little like bobble in her ponytail. Cute little bobbles. Sporty. There were also so many queer storylines as well, and some non-binary Sailor Scouts. Yeah, you know. And, and as mm. as a, a bi pansexual, you know, it was you know you had tuxedo mask, very dashing. Oh, but I'm familiar also, with like, tuxedo mask. Thank yes, you very much. But also a little femme. Let's yeah. be real. Yeah. So you know, we had a little bit of everything for for all sides of my orientation. <laughs> Sailor Moon really is like for anyone to watch that. And the original Japanese version had a bit more of that. And then when it came to North America, they were like, mm-hmm. ah, there's no need for it to be this queer. Yeah, necessarily. the Puritan vibes took over. They watered it down. But certainly, so much of that. I mean, I I rewatched it recently because I had the pleasure of at Comic-Con uh, hosting the Sailor Moon voice actor reunion panel. That's so fun. It was great. They're good peeps. But I rewatched it. Some of it holds up really well. There's a lot of like, if I lose 10 pounds, I'll find love talk. Yeah. 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 That's what, <laughs> Sailor Moon herself, there was... She You're right. Was, it's Sailor she Moon. Was, yeah. She's she was the a problem. little problematic. I mean, I'm sorry to cancers, but I think she must have been a cancer, right? <laughs> Shut down. Are you a cancer? Someone just oh, no. audibly gasped. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Look, I, not... To, uh, I'm I'm friends with cancer. Some it's, of my friends are cancer. It's great. You're not getting canceled. <laughs> no, this is no, totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> we like you just as you are. My best friend is a cancer. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. <sighs> but, uh, you know, Sailor Moon, she had a lot of feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. And it's also a product of the you know, 70s and 80s where, you know, we weren't as enlightened as we are now about mm. things like misogyny or, you know, body positivity. Mm-hmm. 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 But great Jupiter. So that's a good one. So how old were you the first time you saw this show? I must have been like six or seven, maybe. And I definitely remember having like a cool teen, like goth teen babysitter who drew very well and would like draw a lot of anime characters. And then I was like, oh, this is cool. So were you like draw one of Sailor Jupiter kissing me on the cheek? <laughs> Any commissions? Oh my gosh, I wish. But then I got really into like trying to learn how to draw for a while as a kid. And then I remember being like, why do I only draw women? And I was like, (laughs) I just, maybe it's because like, I'm a woman, so I guess I just draw what I know. And then I, I, I tried to force myself to like draw a handsome dude, but it just didn't work (laughs) out. And I went back to right. Your heart wasn't into it. That's funny, actually, because when I remember, I I was an okay drawer as a kid, but I remember in grade nine, I did a book report on Amy Tan's The Joy Luck Club. 
just what every 13-year-old queer kid reaches for in an English class instead of all the books about, like, war or, like, boys with hatchets and dogs. I was like, this story about cross-generational uh, Chinese diaspora essentially really connects with me growing up in Oakville, Ontario. But anyway, I had to draw this picture because there had to be, like, an artifact. So I was like, oh, I'll draw the Polaroid from the end. There's, like, a... It's not important. But I drew it, and I wasn't good enough to really... Uh, let the viewer know the difference between men and women. So when I drew women, I just gave them huge boobs mm. to make it clear, like, you know, yeah. my drawing can't do this, but this will do this. And I remember that specifically. I got in a lot of trouble because the class was like, why are you drawing the boobs so big on women, you misogynist 13-year-old bastard? Oh. And I was like, I'm not a boob man. Spoiler. <laughs> if only you knew. Um, anyway, sorry about that. Sorry, Amy Tan. Is my point. Aww. But your drawings sound. This isn't about my therapy. They were like tasteful handfuls. They weren't that large. <laughs> are you uh, sorry? Are you talking about Sailor Jupiter's boobs? No, the the boobs of my drawings. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> tasteful handfuls, of course. Uh, and do, what about your babysitter's drawings? <laughs> what were the boobs like? Is that is that where we are? Oddly, I can't recall. Oh. But, you know, it inspired me. So let's blame both Sailor Moon and the babysitter for yeah. my queer awakening. And also, like, a babysitter, depending on the babysitter, they could be so cool. Oh, yeah. Okay, so second thing to make me queer. It's kind of embarrassing now that these are all cartoons now. That's not embarrassing. Um, but my first, like, on-screen queer crush, I'm pretty sure, was Bart's babysitter, Laura. <laughs> Laura Powers, I think her name was. Okay. Okay, look it up. If you look at a picture of her... You'll understand why. And she was a cool babysitter. Okay, because I might be... Because when I think of Simpsons babysitter... Oh, you think of the... the do you remember the one who's the... the it's like belt like, as bra? Mm -hmm. Was her sort of dress concept? She was just like pants up to here? Not that babysitter. Was she clarify. a babysitter? Yeah, was there like, was the bad babysitter. But then there was like the cool neighbor babysitter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And okay. then she, she rips out Bart's heart. Because Bart falls in love with her. Yes. She doesn't actually rip the heart out. There's like a dream sequence. She's giving very intense bi energy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then she ends up with Jimbo, I think. Was that Jimbo the clown? Wait, not Jimbo. No, Jimbo, the guy with the beanie. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And the skull on his shirt. Yeah. Oh, what a what a slam. I know. Jimbo's pretty cool, though. Yeah, but he, yeah, he was like too cool, though. Because you know? he's, he's with the bad guys where like... The really bad bully, who is a hair not dissimilar to mine, uh, was the mean one. But then Jimbo was the one who just kind of goes along with it. But in the right crowd is probably a cool guy. Mm, but maybe. Too, yeah, maybe a bit too cool. Yeah. He's a cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I would check out that he would be. I mean, yeah. listen. What sign are you? Say again. Aries? Mm -hmm. That's a good one. I'm Sagittarius. Mm. We're both fire signs. There's too much spice on this. There's okay, so this much panel. spice. Can you feel the heat? We're going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how old were... So we started with Sailor Moon. You were about six. Mm -hmm. How old were you when this Simpsons babysitter comes storming in? You know, I think it was around the same time. Maybe okay. a little bit older. Cartoons little, coming hot. Yeah, you know, I was definitely too young to be watching The Simpsons, depending on, you know, which 
kind of household you grew up in, what kind of household you grew up in. But uh, my my brother is six years younger than me, and he was colic. And so the only thing that would make him stop crying was putting on old v- like VHSs of The Simpsons. Um, <laughs> so, like, old classic Simpsons was a big part of our lives. Yeah. But, you know... My mom was really great. She was like, if, if they're old enough to, like, if they ask questions, I'm going to answer the questions. And she was all about, like, letting us watch, quote unquote, at all content as long as we had, like, a discussion about it after, you know? That's so mature. So, so they great. Were they strict otherwise or generally, like, we just want to, it's a learning experience? Um, Strict See, I don't know. Strict, strict in what way? My, my mother was very strict about doing well in school. Okay. And that was it. And then the ra- you could just watch anything yeah. you wanted as long as it was contextualized after. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> as long as there was a philosophical conversation. Right. You know. For us, I was raised Catholic. So we, if something is coming down the highway that maybe has anything you don't want to talk about, you just pretend it's not happening. Mm. A lot of denial great, in my great house. Great tactic. I yeah. think that, that doesn't create any problems later. It worked life. out so well for me. Yeah. No, it's great. When when I when I received therapy benefits uh, through where I was working, I wow, yeah, because <laughs> brag. I know brag, what a flex, right? I, I get, there's a fifty percent covered for my psychotherapy. Um, no, but that I was one of those folks who's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. My parents are crazy in different ways, so they canceled each other out, and I'm fine. And then like minute three of therapy, when you're like, oh, oh, I'm broken inside. Now I understand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always think about that if I ever have kids. It's like no matter how much I'm like, I'm going to break the cycles of <laughs> generational trauma. It's like, no, I'm going to I'm going to mess up a child for sure. Yeah, I'm either going to like try too hard and like love them so hard that like no person will ever be good enough for them. <laughs> that sounds healthy. <laughs> that sounds nothing could go wrong there. No, I think it's fine. And I have Ethereum testing out where from the ages of four to six, you let the kid go. So you raise them like they know how to feed themselves. They know they don't use diapers anymore, etc. And then four to six is like go into the world for a bit. Mm. At six, you get to come back. So you have like a bit of independence and a bit of like... Like a walkabout. It's a walkabout from four to six. Is anyone against this? It sounds great for me. Any parents? <laughs> parents in the back just leave in a huff. <laughs> it's fine. What's the worst that can happen? See, I, 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 I wouldn't do that. I'm not super into babies, so I kind of just like want an, an, a four-year-old already. Well, you then know? you send them out from one to four. From one, yeah. So, some, well, someone sends them out into the world from four to six. They send them to me, and then when they're not cute anymore, they turn seven, and I, I send them back. I think we've started a low-key business that here. That sounds nice. That's right, yeah. where people send their children to you from four to six, mm-hmm. but you're afraid you're going to mess them up, and you know what? And that's on them if that happens, and then off they go. But we digress. I might, well, I'll, you know, I'll probably just turn them queer. Well, I was going to say, yeah. put them in front of the Simpsons, for God's sake. Mm, Laura know. Power, was that her name? I th- yeah, Laura The babysitter? Powers, yeah. So you were also six. So we've got a lot of cartoons, but the babysitter themselves, did you have a crush on the sitter? No, okay. I can't say that I did. I can't. Yeah, that's fine. Can't say that I did. And where was this? This was in Toronto. Okay. Was she like a cool Toronto? But she was definitely. Yeah. Like, girl. I feel like I have this memory of her being like, you know, the cool, like gothy yes. anime drawing. That, and that's a niche hit. I mean, that, you know yeah. what? That's the next generation of that babysitter is at Fan Expo. Yes. 
Yeah, the goth anime dragon. Well, then I morphed into her, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I wonder if she's also here, because if those were her interests, and she, she'd be like 15 years older than you, approx? You know, yeah, probably. Okay, yeah. so she's 27. Oh, yeah, that's so nice. <laughs> oh, She is 350. Oh, my God. Uh, well, you are a vampire, so mm-hmm, that tracks. Mm-hmm. You made me queer. You made me queer. We'll be right back. And now, back to more You Made Me Queer. So where did we go from there? So we're six across the board. Was the damage done or were things making you queer afterwards? So many things. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, a big one. I mean, I started playing softball <laughs> really Come young. On. And everybody knows that's the, I mean, especially that's the bisexual rite of passage. Is softball? Softball, yeah. So I played softball from about eight to mm, 14, 15. Okay. Um, and there. It- yeah. A gender team? Yes, it was a, a women's team, a girls' team. <laughs> women's, no. <laughs> no one should ever refer to a 14-year-old as a, as a woman. That is <laughs> incorrect. Um, no, yeah, it was a girls' softball team. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely, like, the star player, I was, like, you know, I thought was so cool. And I would hang out with her all the time. And then I was, like, I just wanted to, like, hang out with her so much, like, all the time. And I justified it by being, like, well, she's, like, a boy she's basically a boy you know before because softball because she was so good at softball she was such a tomboy okay she like kind of looked like a hansen brother oh yeah yeah so for folks who maybe that reference doesn't make your heart catch on fire uh the hansons all had this sort of like beachy california yeah just jumped off a surfboard but they were like young 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 yeah. And that's interesting because Hansons, I think, are queer bait, too, in that when Mbop came out, mm-hmm. everyone remembers where they were when they heard Mbop. All the Gen Zs here are like, what's an Mbop? Uh, so this song came out, and I remember Taylor Hanson, who's the middle Hanson sibling. The name is sort of like, you know, uh, could be either gender or like, you know, it's gender nonspecific. Yeah. And all the boys in my class were like, Taylor's so hot, man. Taylor Hanson's the hottest girl ever. And we didn't have the internet, so there's no way to know who Taylor Hanson was. And then people found out oh. Taylor Hanson was a boy. And there were a lot of very confused, sort of like boys keeping quiet for the next few weeks, hoping we forgot that they were crushing on Taylor Hanson. Well, that's the thing. If you look at all, like, boy bands, especially from the 90s, but even, like, the early aughts, it's, like, the the teen heartthrob that all the girls pined after always looked like a lesbian. This it's is true. a fact. There was a whole Tumblr that was, like, uh, lesbians who look like Justin Bieber <laughs> um, that came out around the same time I absolutely had that haircut uh definitely yeah yeah (laughs) it's like a early tegan and sarah kind of bang sweep yeah Yeah. oh yep super short bang sweep um but you look back because you look at like the backstreet boys nick carter Mm -hmm. um who else were the heartthrobs of the 90s well like leonardo dicaprio at that time had Mm -hmm. also the same they had this sort of like shoulder length situation yeah. Uh, yeah, where it was like it was like a 90s heartthrob actor or like the temp secretary at the dentist office. Sort yeah. of the look. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Both one and the same. Well, I know. <laughs> it's yeah. So, you know, I think uh, it's it's like gender is a construct anyway. And so, we know you know, now. but I just find it curious that all girls that I knew anyway had crushes on male pop stars that looked like girls. 
And it also, yes, and also your softball captain looked the same. Like, also, I'm obsessed with this idea. What was the name of the team? Was it something super sapphic, too? Like the clamshells? Oh, my gosh, no. It was by district. I wish it was, though. That would have been amazing. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember? It was always just called, like, North York. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It was Guildwood. Guildwood Girls Softball. That is a bit of poetry, too. Yeah, it was quite beautiful. You know, I think one year we were sponsored by, like, McDonald's or right. something, you know. Oh, you always hope you get a cool sponsor, too. Like, Larry's, like, window paneling. Or... <laughs> totally. <Yeah>. Totally. <laughs> You're like, I'm trying to be hot. But, yeah, softball, definitely. Uh, that definitely, yeah. Just really turned me. And what was your position? Is that too personal of a question? Mm, wow. <laughs> wow. We're we already there. there on the bases, <laughs> Jess. Uh, no, I played catcher mostly. Okay. Um, but it was when you could steal home plate. So What does it, that mean? Um, so people could just, you know, run off third and just run and steal home, even if the ball wasn't hit or if there was like a foul, they could lead off. So, um, yeah, I had bloody elbows for oh, a long time. Yeah. You know? Cause you had to be ready and like, bear with me with a sports reference, but you had to, as the catcher, if someone's running to home from third base, you've got to be ready to catch the ball. Yeah. To get them out. Tag them out. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And also... The gal who shall not be named that I had a huge crush, crush on, she was a pitch, the pitcher. So there was a symbiotic relationship going on there, and she could throw like a 70 mile per hour softball underhand. That, a, you know? So, like, beyond softball, relationship. I mean, that is such a power dynamic there. Mm hmm. Where you're just like locking eye contact with her the entire game. Mm -hmm. And then there's just like the kinetic energy between the two of you. I know. And your knee. What, what was bloody? Your elbows? My elbows. Why? Why? Because <laughs> girls would slide into. Oh, okay. I get it. Uh, so you had to be like, home don't do it. Yeah. And okay. I have basically been this size forever. <laughs> so. How tall are you? I'm like 5'3". Perfect. So you peaked at softball. I peaked. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it's softball. Responsible for making me buy and also very small. Um, just stop. No, that's because my mom fornicated with a hobbit. But. Whoa. Hot. That's a completely different podcast. That's, that's not what we do here. Yeah. No, no. I'm sure that's happening at some point this it's weekend. like a classic, like, Adam's family, like, combination, you know? Like, Morticia. Just picture, like, Morticia and, like, Gomez. Yes. Just, like, a weird gremlin with this, like, tall knockout. And that's how and that's how I became you were, <laughs> alive. It's, it's the pitcher-catcher dynamic. Yeah. The Morticia-Gomez. Mm -hmm. What a power couple. Yeah. Oh, do you know I just divorced. read? Anyway, what? They're the best because I. <laughs> My parents. That was great. I'm here um, because they're remaking The Addams Family. Yes, I'm so excited. Me too. And I read that because Gomez, the dad, is like obsessed with Morticia and just like worships the ground that she walks on. Mm -hmm. And they said the idea was the whole family was a flip side of the modern American family where men were sort of not. Uh, appreciating their wives. Yeah, they were like, oh, this old ball and chain. Right, so they're like, the best way to punk that is to just like make the wife the most majestic person in the home. Mm. As they should be. Are you? Were you a Morticia Adams gal? Or Wednesday, I guess you were a child. Yes, that's true. Again, a yeah. child. Yes. No, definitely, uh, definitely very Wednesday-esque, yes. one could say. I did dress as like an, this, there's this picture of me. I've dressed as like an evil queen on my 10th birthday 
my birthday is not near Halloween, as we've established. Um, and I just chose to dress like that <laughs> for my birthday for no reason. <laughs> like, you'll see a picture and you'll be like, oh, that must be Halloween. And it's like, no, no, that was just that was her. I... That was a christening. Yeah, I was like, I'm double digits now. Wow. You've got to go through it. Yeah, and I just had like this long black wig with a silver streak down the, the oh, side. Oh, that's so good. Kind of like the granny. I think in my mind I wanted to be a lurch, and also that was my type, but I was more of a Pugsley, if we're being honest. Oh. It's fine. I grew out of it. <laughs> yes, you did. Thank you. Uh, so, softball, we've got blood, we've got pitches, we've got catches, we've got Larry's window paneling. Everything is happening at once. Everything's you, happening. You were 14, which, you know, that's a, a ripe time yeah, to yeah, awaken. Yeah, I would say like between 11 and 14. These were the prime, you know, queer softball years. Was it starting to click in more just like I'm drawn to these characters that I'm like, there's something different about me? I think... I think so. I think the lack of like boy craziness also uh -huh. started to make something clue in, you know, like I just didn't, I, everyone had, in their lockers, because I went to middle school, so it was just grade seven and eight. Terrible time. What oh, a no. horrible idea. They're like, this will prepare them for high school. And it's like, no, this will create the worst bullying of your life. <laughs> um, no. You know, but I, I remember like everyone having, you know, pictures in their locker of Blaze Lauren too, and I didn't, but I still don't think I had clued in that all of the gals that I was like, you know, constantly in awe of or like, oh, I want to be like them or like I want to play ball like them or, you know, I would, mm. there was these like twins in my choir because yes, I was a choir kid. Mm. And Were you I was an alto? A, I was an alto. That's the goths range. Yes, which is funny because I then went to university as a lyric soprano later in, in life. My voice changed, but oh wow, okay. I, I was a I was an alto who sometimes sang tenor. <laughs> I was like the <laughs> yes. only girl in the alto section. But I remember there were these like very beautiful like twins in the soprano section, and I'd always be like, I want to be a soprano, but like <laughs> I didn't clue in at the time that I definitely was like staring at them for other reasons. Oh my God, twin mm -hmm. sopranos? What a vision. You know. They were they just like angelic beauties? They were. Bless. Yeah. And then you were just singing tenor? Yeah, just singing tenor in the corner. <laughs> Black bangs down. You're holding a lantern for some reason. Everyone's yeah. like, what's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just, I, I thought like it was just like a Fisher Price. Like, uh, <laughs> just in case the power light. went out. Yeah, you know. Be prepared. So that makes sense. That's okay. So we have... You're starting to kind of tip over. You're noticing things other people like that you don't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Big time for me, too. I was big into the Spice Girls in high school. Yeah. I was going to say, um, I blame the Spice Girl dolls specifically. Oh, and Not just the Spice Girls, but the Spice Girl dolls. Which were like an offshoot of Barbie. Like the plastic. Yeah. For making me queer also. I had the Jerry. Did you have one? Oh, I had all five. Yes. I had all five originals. Did you take them out of the box? Did they perform or were they... Were they? Oh, they performed. <laughs> take us there. <laughs> Mother, stop listening if you're listening to this podcast oh, now. No. Just stop listening. Oh, I listening. see where this is going. Bit of plastic mashing. Yeah, the Spice Girl dolls definitely, definitely scissored. Yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Slow clap starts. Mel C yep. and Mel B. I'm so sorry. That's right. What a slow. Thank you. What a slow clap. It I was know. Mel B and Mel C. 
I know. I'm so sorry for like, yeah. That, what a combo. I know. Was a it an epic combo? The names too. It's really easy to. Yeah. I was definitely like a sporty spice and I was always mad that everyone made me uh, be posh, you know, when you play in the schoolyard. Right. Because I had a little bob and right. I, I wore a lot of black, so it makes sense. But I was like, posh. Yeah. I know. I know. I mean, she's not a listener. Victoria Beckham is not a listener to You Made Me Queer. No? But sorry if you are. Yet. She's, yeah, that's right, yet. She, I mean, the least interesting of the Spice Girls. It's true. It's true. Although Baby was the one I, I wasn't as into. I didn't I didn't identify. And then I think also, I, I also love Jerry, obviously. I mean, I mean, yeah. I think Baby probably had the hardest transition for obvious reasons. When you're mm-hmm. like, I'm the cute young one, but, you know your mortal coil continues to shed mm-hmm. off you and you get older. It's weird to be like, I'm baby. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're like, you know. I mean, no like kink a- shaming, but yeah. No, true. true. It does get kinkier as it goes on. Yeah. And you're like, but you're 60. Yeah. I think it's because I was like, yeah, I was definitely the little, the little unknowingly uh, bisexual tomboy. So I was just like, I'm not into pink. This is weird. But then I loved how fabulous uh, Jerry was. Oh and I God. definitely... And I, I think there's this thing, I think that's why a lot of bi- women also love drag because it's like, and drag queens, because mm-hmm. it just like, it's very confusing and also satisfying. And I remember as a kid being like, mom, like for Halloween, can I be a girl dressed as a boy dressed as a girl? Like I just, <laughs> there was no in between. I either was like full on boys clothed, well, quote unquote, boys clothes again why are we gender clothes well you know this was the 90s or the whatever we're like "Eh." yeah it was like very tomboy i skateboarded i like wanted to just always wear boys clothes or just be in full-on like lashes and sparkles (laughs) and yeah drag there was no in between and there still isn't (laughs) yeah yeah and i respect that yeah the spice girls were very like because the other boy bands or whatever like none of them had they just had their names it's not like one of the boy band people was called like Crash or like Sports Car or like whatever. That was very like the Spice Girls to be like, they're like five different intense drag queens. Absolutely. I think that's yeah. proto drag for my life. Yeah. Spice Girls. I've never dressed up like a Spice Girl. Uh, but I did at one point know the full choreography to Spice Girls Live at Wembley Stadium released on VHS. And I did it pretty well, if I can say. And that is also to blame, right? I, do, I mean... A hundred, a hundred percent. And also it was very easy. Like they could have set the bar a little higher. Looking back, I'm disappointed in them if I'm being completely honest. Oh, yeah. A but lot you know, of, like, it's accessible pivots. and attainable. Yeah. yeah. And it's all for posh. I'm not a dancer, so. Well, th- okay. So, yeah. Because, you know, I, I respect that I can, yeah. You're bust a mover. out a little like stop right now. Stop was. I just started 100%. doing the Macarena for those listening <laughs> for no reason. I just realized I was like, well, that is not the right dance. I wasn't going to call you out because it's a podcast. Mm. Um, but if you're seeing that, that must have been very confusing for you. <laughs> so we had the Spice Girls here. Okay, great. And then, and how old were you for that? Um, oh, wait, this, this was, was the doll. Like- this was Scissor Dolls. Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. I mean, this was all pre-12. I'm jumping. I'm Keep up. Keep up. I'm trying. Come on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm jumping between the teen years and the, the, the child years. Okay. But uh, yeah, there was the Spice Girls. And, you know, throughout... Uh, Throughout the teenage years, we started venturing into softball, stopped softball, and then pro- and got very into punk rock also. So yes. Brody Doll. I'm out. I don't know who wow. that is. Lead singer of the Distillers. Definitely also one of those like confusing 
do I want to be like her or okay is this like a Fifi Dobson vibe no this is like real like trashy Melbourne Australia like punk rock yeah yeah full like spiky egg white hair did you ever have a big spiky situation I did not I know it's quite funny that I was very into punk because I was also um like a very studious uh choir kid and like an absolute super nerd because your mom was strict you had to get good grades I had yeah well I didn't have to (laughs) I was born that way (laughs) and then I it wasn't difficult (laughs) yeah I was a gifted child who then that's the curse could not handle university um yeah the curse uh yeah Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, so this uh, this rocker, rocker person, how did mm-hmm. you find this music? We uh, didn't have Spotify or things like that then. You had to hear things on the radio. Yes. Um, so I discovered it through my, I guess in middle school, was the only time I've had a solid group of friends. I've always been like a little, little butterfly mm-hmm. who floats around. Um, but in middle school, that was the only time I had a solid group of friends. Um, and we sat at the cafeteria table because you had to like choose the people you sat with for the rest of the school year. Oh, you were like stuck at the table? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you had to choose wisely because that would determine your fate for (laughs) the rest of middle school. So uh, I sat at a table with all of the skater boys um, who were like the kind of misfit guys. I had crushes on all those boys. And then um, I was the only girl at the table. And then... um, any uh, like ESL students who were like horribly bullied and made fun of and no one else wanted to sit with. Oh, so it was the misfits. Yeah, and I was like, of course I'm gonna sit here. Yeah, it was a very weird and also like very white middle school. So essentially it was was truly the group of misfits. Anyone who was othered Mm -hmm. in some way sat at our table, but I was, yeah, I was the only, I was the only girl and they were they were my best buds and so anyone who had like a cooler older sibling that's how you discovered the the cool music. Right, there'd be someone yeah. would like slip you a mixtape from like my sister had this music or something. Yeah, yeah. That's, these were these were like Napster yes. rip-off, LimeWire rip-off yep. CDs at the time. Um I know I said I'm 333 but I, I yes, but I I I was a little a little too young for the, the cassette tape. Oh, I see. Uh, bit of a slam for me. I wow. So if you don't know what Napster or LimeWire is, basically if you, you could download music, it would take you four days to download like a few songs. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, oh, 40%. And then it would just pause and you'd be like, oh, it's fine. I'll just, I'll go and about my life. maybe and more if you grew up in a lower income household like I did. Because we that had dial-up, dial-up baby. Yes. forever. Or it would get to like 98% and you're like, yeah. I almost got baby one more time. And then it would just cancel. You'd yeah. be like, ah. Oh. And then you would have to do it again. That's how I finally got my hands on Ani DeFranco, which was my... Ooh. whoever the what's the name of your punk rocker Brody doll Brody doll yeah. my Brody doll was Ani DeFranco and a bit Lisa Loeb although you know she's she's like a, a I bee. like a Lisa Loeb I feel like I'm in my Lisa Loeb phase in life now actually like okay. I've been very into like wearing quirky glasses colored glasses <laughs> so that I don't have to have a personality anymore like I feel like she has a bit of like a kooky like uh, kindergarten teacher auntie vibe yeah and i've been really into like wearing like big chunky earrings and like colorful glasses lately so she, you know 100 she's like the grade two art teacher yeah yeah it's just like you guys ready for construction paper she these cute little like cat 
glasses. Yes, as I approach my mid-30s, I think it's a marvel that I ever played a sexy vampire on a show because I feel like I'm slowly drifting towards, yeah, my, my kooky auntie phase. Oh, my God. I can't wait till we're all there. I feel like that's that, you know, we talk about what's the world, what is a world peace world? It's all of us becoming that Lisa Loeb vibe. Yeah. She's chill as hell. Yeah. You listen to stay. You can't get mad. No, no, no wars can't exist. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to wear. I'm well, I'm pretty much wearing. Lisa Loeb would wear this. Not the chains. She would. She would. Not the chains. See, there's remnants of the punk rock past coming in. But uh, yeah, I just want to wear like moo's for the rest of my days and be like, you are all valid, loved, and worthy, children. Like, <laughs> Lisa hello, Lo- it is your pansexual auntie. Totally. <laughs> like, <laughs> Meanwhile, Lisa Loeb's like, I'm not just the glasses, guys, like yeah. 30 years on. Yeah. And like, that's all she is. She's fine. She's great. She's a legend. You say. Singer, See, Wikipedia's right. I told you we get it out of her. You got two notes. Yeah. So listen, even though our schedule was flexible today... You might say pansexual. We started slightly late. Time has shifted. I am uh, doing mental calculations in my head, and we're now at the time of the show. Whoa. What? I don't know. I guess got excited. No, that's fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, are you mad? Uh, I was like, ah. We're at the <laughs> time. Rea- reaction. That's on me. I, I came into that hard, and it should have been, you said Lisa Loeb, and then I was fast in the furious. But Natasha, <laughs> what's happening? Natasha, would you like to play a game? I, I feel like I have no choice. So let's say yes. No, I'm kidding. Queer yes, and. You got it. And this game is called Queer, Queerer, Queerest. Are you ready for the rules? I'm so ready. Thanks so much. This game is called Queer, Queer, Queerest. I'm going to give you three things. Three things. Your job is to put them in order from least queer to most queer and tell me why. Oh, no. You got this. But because we're at... Fan Expo Live, you can play along in the audience. So hold up your smartphone, tablet, tablet, or laptop computer. Scan that QR code. Or you can go to menti.com and use code 94201938 to go to the live poll. So, Natasha, you do not look at the screen. Because this is going to show live results in a moment. What? Oh, okay. Do you understand? So people get to see... Oh, this is fun. So they get to see if their answers reflect are similar to mine. And for and this is, lives ad infinitum. So yeah. people get... Long after you and I are both yeah. husks in the ground, they'll be enjoying this sweet audio program. And they'll say, "What? there was a time when everyone wasn't queer? Yeah. I, that is the future I want. If I, I have so. anything to say about it, and you do. And mm-hmm. Lisa Loeb does. But we digress. So there are three things I'm going to give you. Think carefully. Least queer to most queer. Thing number one. Monogrammed clothing. Monogrammed clothing. Okay. Thing number two. Shrimp whiskers. So you know in some Mediterranean countries, they serve shrimp with the face still on? And they have those black eyes, and they have all the whiskery bits. Yeah. Shrimp whiskers on their own. That's thing number two. Thing number three, that razor's edge moment when a s'more is just between toasted to perfection and full throttle fireball. You don't want it to ignite, but you want it to be perfectly toasted. You're riding that that sweet little edge there. So those are your things. Monogram clothing, shrimp whiskers, the razor's edge between a toasted to perfection s'more and full throttle fireball. <laughs> <sighs> I'm so 
so queer, ready for this. Queer, queerest? Yeah, least oh. queer to most queer. Tell me why. Go. Boy, okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Least queer is the s'more situation. Uh-huh. Um, just because it's giving me, like, hetero, basic, gal, fall vibes. You, I don't know. So, ba- okay, but only basic people eat s'mores or only basic people let s'mores burn? Um, no, I thought they, they're not supposed to burn, though. You said it's the perfect you know, time. No, you're right. You're right. Right? Okay. I don't know. I feel like my queer chaos, I like it's going to be one way or the other, un, like overdone or not. Okay, right. You're it's an Aries. Me, it's, yeah, it's giving, it's giving me like autumn, hetero autumn vibes, yeah. you know. Yeah. So out of these particular... What are you, you pumpkin spice basic bitches? Listen, I like pumpkin spice as Same. much as the next white yeah. woman. Let's be real. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> like, for I'm, bringing race into it, Natasha. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm sitting here complaining. No, no. So that's the, that's the, the least queer out okay. of these. Uh, queerer, the middle would go, uh, the shrimp whiskers. Okay. I'm going to put that in the middle as like queerer. Okay. Um, because I think that it's, yeah, it is very common in many cultures to eat, uh, it just as it is. People of all gender, you know. Oh, okay. So it's a more like, it's showing diversity? It's, well, yeah, I, I don't think it, I, I think that anyone, you know, would eat that of any orientation in, in certain cultures. Okay. But in North American culture, I'm going to go with that's like a little bit queerer because, you know, we just have better taste as queers. And I think that's like okay. how it's supposed to eat. It's delicate. It's beautiful. Hot take. Yeah. Yeah. Deli- Wait, are you calling shrimp whiskers delicate and yes. beautiful? Because I can't say the term shrimp whiskers without getting a cold chill up my entire back. It's so gross to me. <laughs> ah. But you know what? That's fine. I'm not negating your answer. Yeah. This is a safe space. So the queerest but is... But it's, it's classier. Like, even if you're like, oh, that's disgusting. If you went to a nice restaurant, you would still be like, if they didn't have the whiskers on them, you'd be like, oh, what are these from Costco freezers? Truly. Where are we? Red Lobster at the atrium? Yeah. That's a very local <laughs> reference. That's... I shouldn't... Local jokes get local work. And but that's then you're my just fault. like... Mmm, delicious. And you just like throw them under your table. <laughs> to- just like totally. into your clutch after. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm into eating shrimp, shrimp whiskers. Okay. I'm just saying they seem queerer to me than... They're a marker of prestige. Mar- yes. this, And we are superior. <laughs> um, yeah. Th- th- then, then a marshmallow. And then yeah. queer wrist out of these. I'm going to go monogrammed clothing. Um, very dapper. Really love this. Um, but it's, it can go either way, you know, cause monogram clothing to me can also signify like, I don't know, they're giving me, it's giving me like Republican vibes, like yeah, I get very that. waspy, fancy. It's probably a, like a cardigan with yeah. an ascot combo. But I okay. think like we have taken it back and we've reclaimed it. And yeah. I remember when I, uh, when I, when I lived with, um, my ex-girlfriend, I had actually gotten some like monogrammed hers and hers pillowcases that said hers and hers instead of his and hers. But what I actually did was at H&M home, I like stole the hers out of a his and hers package (laughs) and I just like swapped them. I guess it's not stealing because I swapped them. No, you didn't take more than you paid for. No, it's true. You just messed with the merch. But I swapped them, yeah. And also H&M, shame on you for bringing your heteronormative pillow bullshit to our homes. Yeah. Good for you. Keep keep it up. Uh, also, yes, I do want to say, because you say Republican, I think monogram clothing, two roads diverge in a yellow wood where one goes towards a Republican woman in her early 60s 
or roller derby girls, which is like yeah, the queerest you can get. That's true. monograms. True, true. Or a very closeted Republican man, perhaps. Right mm. down the middle. Down the middle. Which yeah. could be me. I'm not a Republican. <laughs> I'm not closeted. Could you imagine? I was closeted doing this show. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Uh, great. So we got your answers, and I can see your answers. I gestured with my radio arms out to the crowd. So you said least queer was monogrammed clothing. A direct contradiction of Natasha. Queerer, the razor's edge between a toasted to perfection s'more and full throttle fireball, and queerest, shrimp whiskers. Wow. I mean, if by queerest you mean most, like, blood-curdlingly disgusting, <laughs> correct, but let me check your marks real quick, so I remember what wow. you said. One, to carry the one, two, oh. three, A. You're mathing. And wow. Z or Z for our American listeners. Congratulations, Natasha. You got 100%. You are, in fact, a queer person. Oh, thank you. I was so worried for a while. I know. It was touch and go for a little bit. It was. Uh, well, listen, that was all a, an absolute joy. So, Natasha, before I say goodbye, and I really don't want to, is there anything you would like to plug? Ooh, well, I mean, I guess folks will be listening to this later, so... Never mind. Uh, I've been raising money for uh, safe abortion access to my American pals. Um, yay! Yeah. So uh, I did a fundraiser where I'm, I'm I'm giving away the original Betty shirt from season one of Carmilla. Yes. Um, but I guess for folks in the room, um, you can still uh, get little raffle tickets. It's a little raffle. Um, but I'm going to do the draw at exactly 11.59 Eastern standard time on which day uh, today oh so my God. for listeners i'm sorry um if you're listening in the future uh and we still have draconian laws in the u.s please continue to donate to yeah. safe abortion access I think that would be great hopefully by the time you listen to this you'll be like there weren't safe abortions i really hope so but i mean yeah. god anyway who knows uh yes yeah, so that's great so how can folks buy a raffle ticket they can go to uh, my Instagram or my Twitter, which is at NatVanless, and they can check out the links in my bio to go do that. Um, in terms of projects and things, oh, there's some stuff, but I can't say yet. It's goddamn NDAs, right? Mm. Tell me about it. Mm. Uh, I would say maybe then as a general plug, buy Lisa Lope's Nine Tails album, which I yes. think has Stay on it. Always a great reference. Support your Lisa Loeb or your local Lisa Loeb equivalent, wherever you're listening from. I see actually some great Lisa Loeb-esque glasses mm -hmm. in the audience today. Mm -hmm. They're good. So, you know, the style lives on. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much, Natasha. It has been a pleasure to have you. And I do want to say, I started this conversation very queer and talking to you has made me queerer than ever. Oh, you blamed me. <laughs> I'm <laughs> it's, it's that's an appropriate reaction. Yeah. Yeah, I made you queer as I'm sure my character also is to blame oh for, my God. for many around. Carmilla, if you want to talk about queer bait, go watch Carmilla. Go watch Carmilla the movie. Be safe. Dress like C-3PO. Do whatever you want this weekend. We're so happy to see you at Canada Fan Expo. Uh, and I hope you have a great day. Uh, stay safe. You know when you almost say something and you're like, don't say that. I almost said, get a safe abortion. But that's not the final thought. That's not the final thought. Instead, uh, experiment with cosplay in a safe space. I love you. Good night. We're queer.
Okay, that was a live episode. There we were. It was August for a hot minute. Did you love it? Did you love Natasha? She's great. She's spooky in all the best ways. And she'd say that first before me. So that's not a slam. Natasha, thanks for coming out in person from your web series throne. Okay, so as always, you can email me at youmademequeer at gmail.com. I dare you to do it. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast because it will elevate me to um, a higher level of heaven after I die, and maybe I'll get an Etch-A-Sketch to play with. That's it. Cue credits. You Made Me Queer is created and produced by me, Trevor Campbell. Our editor is Sean Van Beaton. Our theme song is by Critty. For more for music, why don't you check out lavenderbruises.bandcamp.com. Our website is youmademequeer.com. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at youmademequeer. New episodes of You Made Me Queer come out every other Thursday. And from the bottom of my big, bent, comic-related heart, thank you for listening. Oh, boy. Until next time, remember, we're here, we're queer. And it's your fault.